Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On the show, of course, this morning, the big news was that we've got a couple of new dames in Lisa Carrington and Sophie Pascoe. That was announced this morning. Absolutely massive news for them. And as has been uh, pointed out uh, by Mitch uh, in the last hour, I think uh, they're only what the second and third uh, dames to be I don't know what you call it. It's not knighted, is it? Damed? I'm not anointed dames. I don't know anointed. how that, how that works. Uh, but while they're still competing, while they're, they're still active in their careers, uh, talking uh, about this with us now uh, is an award winner in her own right, the 2021 Voyager Media Award Sports Journalist of the Year from the locker room, Susan McFadden. G'day, Susan. How you doing? Oh, good. Thanks, Ricardo. Lovely to talk to you. And yes, I am still. Get to have that honour for this last day. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last day. Yeah, so thanks for inviting me on on my last day as uh, sports journalist of the year. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to clean up next year as well. Just, oh, yeah, no. you go, are you going to go back to back? You're backing yourself? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a great punter. Okay. Unlike my son, I'm not a great punter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a great punter either. Eh? He, 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 he'll tell you about the wins. I bet. I bet you that much. He's a bit like me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, Susan, will know the answer to that. Uh, what do you coin? Do you coin it damed um, or damed or anointed, appointed, or what's what, what's the word oh. for appointing a dame? I actually was thinking about that yesterday and thought I must Google that and forgot. I I say knighted. I can't see why not. Yeah, yeah. I've, they still will get the you know the sword on the shoulder. I'm sure. Yeah, still still do all that stuff. I mean, how big a deal is it? Do you think uh, for both these athletes that they've been recognised like this while they're still competing? Because usually this doesn't happen until you know sort of ten fifteen years after you're done. Oh, exactly. And um, like Mitch um, recognised earlier, this is only, you know, the second and third time that a New Zealand sports person has been recognised while they're still an athlete. And uh, the last one was, of course, Dame Valerie Adams. Um, I, you know, I have been in two minds about this in the past. You know, I, it's 
kind of like when athletes write their uh, autobiographies when they're still competing. Um, you know, that the story isn't fully told yet. But in, in this case, these two women have been competing for a long time. I mean, Sophie Pascoe has been um, competing on the international stage since she was 13. She's now 28, and she's New Zealand's youngest ever dame, by the way. Uh, and so they have achieved so much. They're our most successful Olympian and Paralympian, respectively. And they are undoubtedly two of the biggest role models in New Zealand sport for our young people at the moment. So by being, uh, I was going to say ordained, maybe that's, that's mm. a worse word, yeah. and, uh, anointed, but by accepting these um, honours, they, um, they become even more um, of role models to our young people, I think. And, you know, they can do a lot more, I think, when they are dames, you know, in, as far as in the community goes. And um, this is where I think they, they now can make the biggest difference is in the community. Um, Lisa has, you know, coaches her young paddlers at home in um, Ahopi, and she also um, works with Canoe Racing New Zealand to help grow the sport. Um, Sophie, of course, is a huge um, advocate for equality and changing perceptions of people with disabilities. So this is the time to really grow, I think, and help um, help in the community. So I, I know that both of them intend to carry on competing. Lisa has committed to 2024 in Paris, and Sophie at this stage is and wants to race at the Commonwealth Games next year in Birmingham in just one event, the 100 metre freestyle, and then she'll rethink her career after that. But I think we've still got a lot to see out of both of these young women. Yeah, too right, Susan. Um, you touched on some really good points there in terms of the stuff they're doing outside of their sports, which I think is ma- uh, massively important, particularly in those amateur sports, to have such uh, strong leaders and role models in that sport. I-, I was interested to ask you a question about the Halbergs. How much of that external stuff comes comes into the reckoning when you're looking at sportswoman or, or sportsman or sports team um, of the year? Um, I know you probably can't say too much, but is it is it a whole picture or is it just purely based on performance? I think it is the whole picture, but I'm I'm not sure that it actually um, is made that readily known to the judges. I think what we uh, are you know provided with is the information about what they've achieved on the sporting field or on the water during that year. In this case, the last two years, but um, I don't think that we're told enough about what they do do off the off the field, and that's what you know. That's as you know, a writer at Locker Room. That's one of the main things that we look at when we're writing about athletes: is what what else they're doing, what makes them different to other athletes, what makes them special. And so, I'd like to think that that's what we consider when we go through and do our judging. But really, I think most of it is based on what they've done athletically. In terms of where Lisa Carrington sits uh, for you, Suzanne, I mean, for me, after she won those medals uh, earlier in the year at Tokyo, I was like, well, that's it. She's our greatest ever Olympian. Uh, And not just because of medal hall, but conduct and just the way she dominates her sport as well. Where where does she sit in, in that for you? 
Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm with you on that, Ricardo. So I just find it really hard sometimes comparing apples with pears. Mm. And, you know, at different times, of course, look at Peter Snell and his achievements and what he did, you know, does, you know, at two Olympics compared to what Lisa has done at three. It's really difficult, eh? Mm. And... But when you look at, of course, her medal hall, she's she is definitely our most successful in that, in terms of that. But also at world championship level, I mean, she's won twenty three medals at either world championships or Olympics. That's massive, eh? And nobody has come near her, um, especially in the K one two hundred. So, yeah, and and I just love watching her compete seeing her strength, her power, her determination, how still she keeps her head. (laughs) Putting that paddle through the water, you know, she's so disciplined. But when you speak to her, she's so humble and she's she's a fantastic young woman. And look, if she carries on at this rate, there's no doubt that she will be, you know, one of the most successful New Zealand athletes we've ever seen, but definitely our most successful Olympian. I just uh, wanted to go into, um, you know, kind of how, how the nominators uh, uh, nominate or the athletes get nominated or the coaches get nominated. Um, do they look at everything around the world? Because the, the name to me, um, obviously being a cricket fan, that's uh, not on that list and, and I can't imagine it's, I can't remember it appearing, you, you might be able to correct me, but um, Stephen Fleming, um, his record um, overseas as a coach, um, is actually phenomenal. Um, just longevity, and again this year he took Chennai to to another championship, their fourth title. Um, he's been runner up five times as well. Um, I've never seen him on on that on that merit list. No, you're right. You're really right, Mitch. What happens is that each sporting organisation nominates their athletes or their coaches or teams. So it's up to the sports to put their uh, people forward. So uh, there is actually also an, a nominations panel which I've been on in the past. It's, it's quite a new um, situation where if they notice that you know athletes or coaches aren't nominated and they think they should be, um, they have the power to first of all go back to the sport and go, hey, did you accidentally leave this person off or do you want to consider putting their name forward? Or they also have the power to put people forward as well if they think that they should be. And, and especially with um, sports that have very small um, national sporting organisations or some, you know, don't fit. And I guess mm. in that case, Stephen probably doesn't fit with New Zealand cricket anymore. So that's where he probably fell through the cracks. But, um, yes, it's something that I think that you need to take up with the judges. Uh, and I realise you just have. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's so hope he wins it again next year, right? Exactly. Can you please do that again? Can you remind me again? This oh, you know, a bit earlier. Yeah. Perfect. Not a problem. I'll, I'll make sure. I'll make sure that he's recognised. But yeah, there are some. I mean, another one was um, I noticed um, was Ruth Croft, who um, is an incredible ultra marathon athlete. And she was left left off the nominations for the women's um, women, sportswoman of the year, and 
you know, this does happen and um, it's sad when it does because you know how much those athletes put into, you know, a year's worth of effort and it's massive. And But, you know, in saying that, the Halbergs aren't the be-all and end-all and recognition within their own sport is just as important, so... Well, it will make I sure. Hope, you know. Yeah, make sure you jump on that uh, Halberg Judges WhatsApp group and and flick, flick, <laughs> flick a message out once you're off the phone here. Hey, um, uh, just uh, something that's always you know up for debate and always a conversation piece is you know the weighting of the Olympics and how important they are. And basically, if it's an Olympic year, it's always going to be somebody that's won an Olympic medal is going to is going to get you know uh, is going to get an award. But also, I mean, you know, I look at. For example, the the sportsman of the year, uh, you know, and I think Paul Cole. Uh, I go through that list. Oh, and I think Paul Cole has had an amazing absolutely. year, uh, but then I look at Hamish Bond, and I have the Olympic weight in my head, but also that he's part of a team. So, I mean, as a judge, how do you, you know, because Hamish Bond didn't do that as a single athlete like Paul Cole has done, but he has done amazing things at the pinnacle. So, I mean, how do you sort of weigh that as a judge? Thank you for uh, recognizing what a tough job this is. Uh, it's absolutely, you know, how do you separate that? And you're so right. When you look at the Olympics, it just, because they also happened quite, you know, not that long ago, they stick in your mind, don't they? And mm. we always assume that, yeah, Olympic athletes will, you know, win in that year. But, oh, exactly. And, you know, Paul Cole is right up there for me. And, but will his, you know, achievements in a sport like squash. So the other thing that, you know, people, the judges consider is how many people in the world play squash uh, compared to, say, how many people in the world row, um, which which I always think is, um, I, I don't actually use that metric in my mm-hmm. judging, um, but I know that, you know, that, that is taken into consideration by some people. And then you look at, you know, the... the Three motorsport drivers who are in there, Scott Dixon, Shane Van Gisbergen and Scott McLaughlin. How do you rate what they've done, say, against um, our, our incredible sailors, um, Josh Jr. and Andy Maloney? And, you know, they had a brilliant year as well, including winning the America's Cup. So uh, it's really hard, and that's why I'm not really looking forward to this part of the judges. <laughs> I'll just I'll just throw a little spanner in the works there, Susan. Um, mm-hmm. Paul Cole, the story that we were hearing is that um, the Egyptians were were actually trying to stop him from being able to perform. They were only letting him order yeah. tomato, a pasta and tomato sauce. <laughs> so he had to get over that hurdle as well. As soon as they found out that he was competing, he got a week leading in yeah. just with pasta and tomato sauce. So that's got to come into the reckoning as well. It does. Yes, I listened to his interview with you guys, and. Um, you know, as a big friend of the show, I guess that makes me biased towards him because I know what a big friend of the, show, <laughs> of the breakfast show he is. But, you know, that's right. We've got to take into consideration all those external things that um, that contributed to their achievements, you know, and what they overcame to get there. And I think, you know, that's why as a judge you really have to look at the, each athlete individually, each coach individually, each team and really go back, go look back at the stories about, you know, what they went through this year in the la- or in the last two years as this happens to be and um, consider 
why you know the, why their performance this year was so special. And it's it's, it's a tough ask, but um, you know some of them in some of the uh, categories, like Lisa Carrington and the sportswoman of the year, some of them just stand out. So yeah, but I think the men's and the teams are going to be the toughest this year. Yeah, it was interesting you mentioned the motorsport thing because, uh, you know, there's two schools of thought on this, isn't there? I mean, one of them is that V8 Supercars is just a regional competition. It's not a global competition. Yet at the same time, if yeah. you want to race V8 Supercars, the pinnacle is V8 Supercars. So, I mean, it's a, it is it is a tough thing to sort of try, try and weigh there, isn't it? It is, especially when you don't understand motorsport. It's really <laughs> If you need any help, just, just give us a call, okay. no problem. We just need to have a little bit more motorsport on the show, is that right? That's what we need, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, for 2022, Susan McFadden is our motorsport correspondent, so there, there you go. And we'll, 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 yeah, we'll help bone you up that way, Susan. We'll put, put it on yep, you. you learn by doing. That's exactly the way that I do it. So, yeah, that'll be great. Thanks, yeah. Rick. Hey, no worries, mate. No worries. Hey, listen, Susan, thanks very much for coming on today. Uh, before we do let you go, though, what has been, you know, you live, eat and breathe sport. What has been your sporting highlight of 2021? Oh, that's so unfair. Um, <laughs> okay, so, you know, in my in my job as of locker room, you know, I'm concentrating on women's sport, and so I'm a bit blanket. Mm. So, you know, the answer will definitely be a, a women's sporting moment. Uh, but, you know, I have so many different memories. One of my favourite memories from this year was watching Dylan Schmidt win bronze medal in the trampoline mm. at the Olympics. And it was because of, you know, it's a moment in time, and I was sitting there with my husband and with Kieran. And we were watching it, and I was screaming at the television and crying. And, you know, that sticks with me. Um, but, of course, uh, watching um, Lisa Carrington win her three goals was outstanding. I was down at the, um, team, the New Zealand team headquarters on the Auckland waterfront when she won her, I think it was her third gold, and watching the look on her husband, well, sorry, I'm I'm being presumptuous here, her fiancé, Bucky's face, as she won, um, is priceless, and that sticks with me too. Um, But also, you know, the Black Fin 7s, look at me, I'm all Olympics. (laughs) Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Mum, it's Kieran here. Uh, I'll just come off from out the back. I just thought I'd jump in here because obviously our lounge is down one side of the house and my room's down the other. Mm. I just thought I'd I'd cut you off there and give you one, Suzanne. Uh, The loudest Mm. scream and cry I heard from Suzanne was actually Emma Twig. Uh, that's what right. I'd say. So, so the house—I oh. actually believe the house was shaking uh, when we <laughs> cro- crossed that line. So, I, I thought I'd just throw that one out to you, Suzanne. Yeah, that's a great story, isn't it? Oh, thank you. I am getting old and forgetful, but yes, it was. It was. <laughs> I think because knowing what Emma had been through, you know, finishing fourth at the Olympics so many times and then to win and win so dominantly. You're right. Oh my God, it's making me all choke up. <laughs> oh my God. Hey. Um, but. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Suzanne, thanks very much for coming on, mate. It's uh, it's always great to chat sport with you. You're so passionate. Uh, absolutely love it. Go well. Have a have a great New Year's Eve and uh, an even better Thank 2022, you. eh? Thank you. Happy New Year to all of you on the team. It's been fantastic. 
um, to be part of it this year. So thank you. Thank you. Susan McFadden there from Locker Room. Uh, you can go check out uh, Locker Room. It's part of newsroom.co.nz. Uh, some fantastic in-depth sports journalism uh, and uh, something I think you should definitely bookmark in your button bar uh, because yeah, they do some great work there. It is 7.24 here on the summer uh, breakfast with Mitch McClinigan and Ricardo Ball. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get Mitch's take on his highlight of 2021.